Good morning, your wake-up call number 407. You slow yourself down, including hack number three. <clears throat> Move after dinner. <clears throat> so today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow, it's going to be about what happens in your body when you have those blood, blood, blood sugar spikes that we want to avoid, which is actually pretty wild and scary and probably also something that you don't really know yet. And of course, that's why I'm talking about it. And today it's about the, the paradox that the more glucose you eat, the less energy you feel. How can that be? Because glucose is fuel, as I have talked about, for all of our cells, cells. But of course, it's not fuel in itself. It has to be converted to fuel or to energy, <clears throat> which is called ATP. And that is made in what is called the mitochondria which is a name on that energy factory which is placed in each of our cells. We have little fa uh, factories in our cells that need glucose together with oxygen in order to produce ATP, electricity, for us to use as energy. <clears throat> so imagine that you work in a little room where there's an oven And you are shoveling coal in that oven in order to make that machine that you are a part of move. And sometimes you will receive a load of coal, which you then slowly shovel into the oven. You can see that as a kind of just periodic slow stream of glucose, which is then used or burned up as it arrives in your little room. But now, those deliveries with coal, they come more and more often, more often than you need it. So you start to store it, that coal, in your little room until you need it. That's what happens when you have a blood sugar spike. You have too much potential energy compared to what you need. And now you need to store it. But unfortunately, in your case, there will never be a break in the deliverance long enough for you to use your storage. And so more and more coal or glucose is stored in your room, in your cell, cell until you are completely wrapped up in coal or in glucose so that you can't move anymore and you can't even use that storage because you can't get to the oven and create energy. So you actually have a lot of coal, of glucose, of potential energy inside but it is not converted to energy because you are completely overloaded. And that's why you slow down. When you experience a 
blood sugar spike, you overload or you slow yourself, your own energy fabric, uh, energy factory, the mitochondria down. And that means you experience, you get less energy, even though you have a ton of potential energy. And that means that your cells are starving. Which not only means that you feel tired and out of energy and perhaps even sad, but also that there's not enough energy for all those processes in your body, in your cells, that keep your body, your organs healthy and strong. There's a lack of energy in every single cell, even though there's an overload of energy. Or, in fact, just because of that overload of energy, you experience a lack of energy. A paradox. But also why you feel hungry, even though you are overloaded with energy inside, because of your blood sugar spikes. And what also happen is when we drown in glucose in our cells is that the cell is releasing free radicals and that's a bad thing because a th free radicals they ruin all the cells that they touch and we can't avoid free radicals in our body and our bodies can handle a certain amount but not that amount which the cells are releasing with too many, too high blood sugar spikes. The body can't neutralize the free radicals and then we have created a situation with oxidative stress in our bodies which increase the risk for diabetes, heart disease, cognitive decline and just overall aging. Too much energy, too much glucose too quickly is damaging for us And it slows us down, apart from our aging, which is which it speeds up. So now I believe you may be ready for hack number three. Get moving after you have eaten, especially when you eat something with a lot of starch or sugar, meaning carbohydrates. When you use your muscles, they need energy. And if we stay with that example of today with the oven that you put coal into, when you use your muscles, you increase the fire or the heat in the oven. So the oven needs more coal, more energy, more glucose. And so you can get rid of the storage. And the good thing about muscle cells are that they can actually soak up the glucose directly from the blood without the use of insulin. Jessie has some pretty remarkable graphics in her book that shows her own drastic fall in her blood sugar or avoidance of blood sugar spikes when she compares the same food with or without exercise afterwards. And there are studies that shows that the blood sugar spike is reduced by 30% and the insulin spike is even reduced by 48% when the participants moved right after they had eaten. So, 
how much should you move? Well, at least you need to take a walk, for instance, for 10 minutes. But 20 to 30 minutes would be even better. The more, the better. But 10 minutes at least. And that could be a good start. And it doesn't need to be a walk. It can be running stairs, push-ups, squats, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, take a walk with the vacuum cleaner, whatever, something where you use your muscles and something where, which you think is comfortable enough, consider that you have just eaten a meal. And when should you do it? Well, up to 70 minutes after you have eaten, it has an effect. But preferably, the best effect is around 20 minutes after a meal. Does this also work if we do it before we eat, if we move before we eat? And yes, it does, but not nearly as good. And of course, movement overall, whenever it is made throughout the day, also have a good effect, but not as efficient as if it's done right after the meal. And just to say, of course, that movement has so many other health benefits, mentally and physically, that it's good no matter what. And also, if we are not talking about blood sugar and insulin, etc. So, I guess I will just say, have a nice walk today. <laughs>